you have to look at the whole thing. You know, you want you want either a high percent uh, win with a uh, almost equal uh, average win versus average loss, or maybe slightly lower average win versus average loss, or easier, in my opinion, uh, to focus on uh, risk factors and get multiples when you win of, of the risk that you take, and therefore not having to be so darned accurate. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. If I can get 4R, meaning I might risk um, $1,000 on a trade, but when it goes my way, on average, I might get $4,000 on average, then I can be 35% winning or 40% winning would be great. <laughs> This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast. I have three special free gifts for you over at 10MinuteStockTrader.com. That's the Triple Stock Profits ebook you can get for free. That's a bullish power cheat sheet that you can get for free. And if that wasn't enough, at the brand new web class, How to Easily Discover Proven Backtested 100% Plus Winners, that is for free as well. You can get these three free gifts, all yours, at 10MinuteStockTrader.com. The Triple Stock Profits ebook, the free web class, and the bullish power cheat sheet. And all you got to do is go to 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 that you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, my first guest of 2022, Morad Askar. Morad goes by the pseudonym of Futures Trader 71. So if you hear me call him FT, that's the reason why. FT, hey man, thanks so much for coming on today. I, I'm excited to learn more about you and your history and you've been doing this for a little while. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, very exciting to be here. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this a while. It's I've been trading, this will be my 22nd year uh, in the business, uh, always uh, trading professionally at uh, various levels. So how did you learn um, your style of trading? Because a lot of people, when they hear about futures trading, they think it's scary. They think it, the leverage um, can just destroy somebody. But, you know, talking to you and other market wizards and things, I understand the power of the leverage. And obviously you do too. Tell us a little bit about how you came to this trading style. So first off, I have to say that derivatives trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. I'm a registered broker. I, I own a brokerage called EdgeClear. And so I'm required to say that when I'm speaking to the public. 
uh, the, 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 that risk disclaimer describes it all. The risk disclaimer is the result of the fact that there's a lot of leverage in futures. Um, but I started as a SOS bandit. I started as a, as a high volume uh, equities, uh, NASDAQ equities trader. Uh, we used to use what's, what was the small order uh, entry system, the SOS system uh, to bang away uh, on orders that uh, very few people could see. And so I was in a group that, uh, that traded quite a bit of volume, you know, 10, 10 to 15% of Microsoft's daily uh, volume wow. um, and JDSU and Dell and a lot of issues back then. Um, so, so that's where I started, but that all went down the drain with uh, 9-11 and then the rule changes into um, 2002, and it just they went to digit, they went to decimals from teeny, so the spread got really tight, and it just was very difficult and very expensive um, with all the different rule changes to uh, do a lot of volume on equities. And so I took a six months off. I did a world tour, uh, and uh, came back, and then a friend of ours. Uh, said, hey, there's this thing called futures in Chicago. I was down in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, and they're backing traders. There's a shop that just opened and are backing traders to trade this crazy thing called futures. So we jumped on the in the car on a Friday, drove the 20 hours, showed up on Monday begging for a position within the clearing of that uh, prop shop on the 12th floor, just, uh, just beneath me, just eight floors down from where I'm sitting right now. And we joined, we got an offer by Thursday, drove home, moved the family, I just had a newborn at that point, and I got into futures. So that's where the futures started. I started on the Dow as a high volume scalper, basically doing the same thing I did in equities, but doing it in futures. The advantage of trading futures, I mean, look, once I started trading futures, I never looked at equities again. Uh, it's just, uh, to me, uh, futures not only give you the leverage, which can really work against you, right? If you're on the wrong side of the market, levering up is a bad thing. But with futures, you get the tax treatment, the favorable tax treatment, but it also, I'm trading a broader product. I feel like, no offense to equities traders, but I feel like I'm trading with the big boys, because you're taking a position in the Dow uh, or the S&P 500 or crude oil or gold or lumber or whatever. You're trading uh, kind of a, at a macro level, a much bigger level, and your trades are clearing in one spot. There isn't Arca, Inca, this, that, and then dark pools, and then Citadel kind of front running your order. And it's everybody's matched at the exchange. I'm never trading against my broker or clearing firm. I'm always trading against another participant. It's very transparent. It's a level playing field. There are no rules for shorting the market. I could short the market just as easily as I can get long. Um, it's marked to market every night in my statement. So I know exactly where I am in terms of uh, uh, profitability. And so that's where I went. I worked for this prop shop for about nine months. I became profitable um, trading Eurex products. Eurex is an exchange in Germany uh, that uh, clears things like the DAX, which is the German um, index 
that's equivalent to the Dow, uh, the Euro stocks 50, which represents the Eurozone, it's 50 stocks that trade like the S&P 500, uh, and started to become profitable. So that means, you know, I was making about on average $1,200 to $1,500 a day, something like that. And then left the prop shop and started my own. Uh, and I started to, to back my own traders. I wanted to do it better. Uh, I, and I, I like to train. I like to talk about trading. I like the morning huddle. I like to go through people's metrics and analysis. And, and so that's where the, the, the kind of growth came from. It was very successful. Uh, and, uh, and then, but HFT started to come into the space. It became harder to scalp. I, I noticed that traders would need to be able to trade instead of a 10 lot in futures, they needed a 20 lot to make the same amount of money. And then a few months later, they needed a 30 lot to take home the same amount of money. So there was the, our edges getting blunted as, um, as scalpers or market makers in futures. And we, would trade things, uh, everything from the Dow, the bonds, the Bund, the Euro stocks, the DAX, the S&P, the NASDAQ, uh, the, the whole structure. And I was seeing the impact everywhere. So I went online and I started to figure out, okay, scalping is not going to be around for very long. I need to broaden, right? And so I started to, so I selected this name, Futures Trader, and I added my birth year, Futures Trader 71, because I was very uncreative. I registered on EliteTrader.com uh, with that name, and that name has stuck. Um, and so I started to participate online. I wanted to learn. I did a course. I recognized uh, one thing I recognized was it is the quality of the content for trading out there was so poor uh, that me as a professional sitting at the Board of Trade couldn't get any information that was useful in terms of what should I look at to create an edge? How do you create an edge? How do you backtest an edge? That sort of thing. So I started to speak out publicly around 2008, 2009 um, about how I was trading. Um, so I went on Twitter to talk to a friend who was in San Diego, didn't understand how Twitter worked. I, I you know, I, I thought it was like a channel between two people. I follow you, follow me. So now we're talking to each other. And then one day, I think I was trading FOMC, a really big trade that went for me and then came back. And I'm like, what the F? And he and then the guy I was trading with was like, uh, you have like 2000 followers. Now. You should watch what you're saying. I'm like what? So from there, I started to do these public. I started to get a lot of questions and do these public talks like uh, uh, as to how to really trade professionally. And that's where the brand got built. And now I, I think I'm at around 50 to 51,000 followers. I run a, I founded a company called Convergent Trading, uh, which is uh, convergenttrading.com, which is a trader development entity. So the goal here is to take my experience and the success I had as a prop shop owner and make that available to anybody who's really serious about learning how to trade. Uh, so there's equities in there, there's futures, there's some, there are crypto channels, things like that. And our, my focus is to just instill in every trader that comes in the proper, the, the way to trade right. Like this is the approach. It is a very um, 
it's like learning to be a professional tennis or golf. Like it's very like, it's a grind. It's a process. It's repetitive. It's boring, but you got to do it. You got to document, you have to track, uh, you have to keep checking and testing. It's a very rigorous process. Uh, and that's what, you know, we include uh, market statistics reports in there. I do webinars twice a week in there talking about various, uh, various aspects of trading, just like I would with my prop group. Um, but it's available to all members. Uh, and in addition to that, I started um, a company called EdgeClear, which is a futures uh, brokerage, an independent brokerage. Uh, which focuses on active traders. So that's the backstory. That's basically where I am today. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. You know, you mentioned at least two things in there that I am such an advocate for. One of those is backtesting. And, and in my trading process, that's such a key critical step in what I'm doing. I mean, I, I start with the market and I'm working my way down. And before I even trade a single thing, I'm going to backtest my strategy just to confirm that this will, or not will, but has historically, as you mentioned earlier, this historically has worked. It may not in the future. Nobody knows. Every trade really is a toss up once you put it, it on. And um, yeah, that backtesting is so critical um, for what I do. So do you still trade in like a, a scalping fashion or do you take a longer term approach now? I take now what are, I'm still a day trader, always will be. I've never been a fan of like, you know, hey, I think crude is really, you know, bottoming out here. Let me take a position and risk $10,000 to hold the position for 20. I don't sleep when that happens. So I'm not very good at that. So I'm a day trader. Um, I have two, two, two timeframes. I, I scalp uh, a lot less. I used to do somewhere around 3,000 to 4,000 sides a day, contracts a day, which, which is a lot. Yeah. That's basically active all day long with size, trading large size. Now I take what are structured trades. So I'm looking to hold things. I'm looking for imbalances in price. Uh, I created this thing called volume profiling back in 2005, and it's now very popular. And, and I'm looking for imbalances in the volume profile. I'm looking for excesses in price and I'm looking to trade the market back to where it is. Or if I identify it to be a trend day. So uh, today happens to be a day where we gap up in the S&P and we're not able to close that gap. So I'm really looking to the long side. So I'm looking to hold a long position. And if it takes all day for it to play out, great. But I'm really aiming for a short time frame with a runner but I'm always flat at the end of the day. So my trades can take a scalp trade usually is a short term order flow imbalance. So I can see that people are trapped and I'm going to come in and I'm going to squeeze the other way because it's just, you see these people piling up short and they're hammering on the bid and it's not going anywhere. Well, pretty soon everybody's going to have to cover and I'm just going to help that along a little bit. Mm. Uh, so those are, those are the scalps that I take, but generally I'm looking for a trade that can last anywhere between a minute to several hours, depending on what the action is showing. I'm gotcha. independent of time in most of my trading. In fact, I rarely use a chart that is time-based. Hmm. So are you looking more at the uh, level two order flow then? I look at level two, um, not so much I used to, but it's very noisy. There are a lot of machines that are just quoting randomly. 
but I'm looking at the facts. I'm looking at, okay, what did the market do? How far did the market go before it found those sellers? How far did it go before it found buyers? How good of a job is it doing, you know, participating with those buyers? Is it, has it sold off and it's trying to bounce, but it's like lifting and I see the tape lifting and it's not going anywhere. Well, that's a short boom, you know, and define your risk, look for a good, uh, uh, what I call an R multiple or a risk factor. In other words, I need a return of a two, two or better on each trade. doesn't matter if it's a scalp and let it go. Uh, the, the trades, the outcomes are always going to be random. It doesn't matter what you do. You cannot, you cannot think or research your losses out of your trades. It's not possible. They're just inherent. I mean, how would you like to go through life simply exhaling and never inhaling? You know, it's this, if you're breathing, you're going to inhale just like you exhale. Uh, and, and losses are part of that process. So welcome them, make them quick and move on to the next trade. And that's basically the, the style. I, 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 I think that people complicate things. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, or that we're starting to go down this path of the random outcomes and the inhaling and exhaling. I don't know where or what I read this in, but I just heard that not in the last three months. I heard that somebody saying, you know, losses are like uh, exhaling. You know, you can never just inhale constantly or, or vice mm -hmm. versa either way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, when, when I first started learning more about trading and I went into, uh, you know, trading in the zone by Mark Douglas and he talks a lot about that, the random outcomes, right? Because a lot of traders, when they get started, you know, they, they want to say, I'm going to have a 75% win rate. Well, that sounds amazing, but I have shown in my own portfolio and podcast audience out there knows like you can have a 75 or greater percent win rate and still lose your ass because yes. your losses are so much bigger than your wins. I mean, I have proven that mathematically that is very possible. <laughs> yeah. This is why in performance, I don't, when somebody says, um, I talk a lot in analogies. I've found that I, I really come across better. Uh, I've trained a lot of people and analogies really click for certain people. To me, uh, saying I have a 70% winning system or heck, let's go crazy. 99% winning system. To me, it's like coming to me and saying, hey, Chris, um, I lost 90 pounds. And the assumption is, you lost fat or you lost weight and you're looking lean, but actually you had your legs chopped off. <laughs> you know? We don't know what the content is. So I use this figure called expectancy, which is a, a simple formula for the expected value. And it accounts for uh, the formula is as simple as 1% times the average win size that can mean dollars, ticks, um, whatever minus the loss percentage times the average loss. And so you could be a 99% winner. So you're always taking a tick, closing a trade for a tick. It upticks, you're out. And you can do that, but you're using a 100-point stop. And so when you get stopped out, you have to have a 1,000 winners to make up for that one loss. Well, that's not a very good edge. I'm not going to invest or back you. Uh, so you have to look at the whole thing. You know, you want, you want either a high percent uh, win with a, 
uh, almost equal um, average win versus average loss, or maybe slightly lower average win versus average loss, or easier, in my opinion, uh, to focus on uh, risk factors and get multiples when you win of, of the risk that you take, and therefore not having to be so darned accurate. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. If I can get 4R, meaning I might risk um, $1,000 on a trade, but when it goes my way, on average, I might get $4,000 on average, then I can be 35% winning or 40% winning would be great. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be as accurate because you know what? You cannot be accurate. There is nothing out there that makes anyone accurate. Heck, even Renaissance Capital, when they come in and out of the market, they're working a 40 point range in the S&P. Mm. Like there is no accuracy. Um, and this is why it's much, much harder to trade a one lot. This is why I recommend in futures, go trade micros. They're a dollar a tick. They're very cheap. You can buy and sell all, as much as you want without restrictions. Um, and you can learn at a, at a relatively low cost and a relatively low risk, in my opinion. That's very cool. You know, I, I, I tell people this all the time because I, I, have, I have had the opportunity to talk to lots of traders like yourself who've been around for a long time. And it reminds me of when, so I've had Mark Minervini on the show four or five times and he and I text all the time. Um, he's a dear friend of mine. And when he was being interviewed by Jack Schwager for the market wizards, and I even talked to Jack about this, um, Jack stopped him and he said, Hey, listen, Mark, you're saying the same thing that everyone else has said. And Mark says, yeah, I'm saying the same thing because that's what works. <laughs> and it's so funny to hear you say some of the exact same things that I preach about all the time that I've learned from that I share you know, you're talking about risk factors, you're talking about random outcomes, defining your risk, right? When I first got started trading, uh, there was, and still is a, uh, a very prolific uh, trading education firm that I was learning from. And it was the exact opposite. You might know who I'm talking about. And it was, you know what, you can, you can sell options all day long. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're always going to have a 70 plus percent win rate. It's going to be awesome. But you know, when you take your loss, it's probably going to be six, eight, nine times each win. And for years, years, I believed that that was the way to trade because the high win rate. And then I don't even remember what brought this to my attention, but I was doing uh, the expectancy, the exact formula that you were talking about a few minutes ago. I did that and I was like, I can never win. There's no mathematical way that even with this edge that I could ever be profitable. Throwing that, costs and it's even worse. Yeah. When you add your commissions and your office and computer and software and all that, it's even worse. And, and, and that realization totally upended my way of trading. And I was like, I have to redo everything. I have to now learn the right way and break all my old habits from the wrong way in order to find the profitable way, profitable way, like you you're discussing here. Oh man, more FT. This this gives me so much pleasure being able to, to chat with somebody who who understands this as well. So, you know, what got you into trading? Right, Every, everybody starts somewhere. For me, it was when I was a kid. My dad would buy these single shares of stock and give them as gifts. I, I still have one up there. He gave That's me. That's awesome. Uh, that. When uh, when I graduated college, he it's it's a, a share of Sam Adams, which has had quite a run up and and back down. 
And on that, it says, uh, here's some liquid assets for your portfolio. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. What a yeah. smart guy. What a smart guy. I love that. Uh, I, I, I actually do that for my kids um, in this company where you can buy uh, fractions of shares. So I, I give them, I give them a, a physical gift. And then a portion of that is a fractional share into these ETF portfolios. And hopefully the, the gift pays off in 20 years, much, yeah. much bigger than the individual thing that's now in a, in a, in a uh, landfill somewhere that <laughs> right. you would normally get your birthday, you know? So yeah, I, I really respect that. So what got you started on trading? That, that's, that's what kicked it off for me, but what was it for you? So I've always, since, um, since college, I had always had an eye on the market uh, and was, was, uh, was one of the early users of the Motley Fool website and uh, would buy mutual funds here and there with spare cash. And, and so I always monitored things. And in 95, I really became a lot more active, especially in uranium, uh, gold, and you know, the metals and diversifying away from the, just uh, the big chips, looking for little miners that are, could benefit from a spike in, in gold or silver or whatever. And um, I was a, a, I graduated with a degree in engineering with an emphasis in construction, a minor in economics, and uh, I was working for a construction contractor, uh, one of the largest in the country. And I was in Florida and I met a guy at a meditation retreat who was doing the So's Bandit stuff. And, uh, and you know, we're doing this meditation and, and we talked and we went for a walk and he's like, you know what, you have a personality for this. Come see me at my Vero Beach office and see if this is something you want to do. And I, I was at a point where I really hated my job because <laughs> I was working very long and I was making really good money for my age, but it just seemed like I wasn't get, getting anywhere. So I took a day off, drove over, came into the office. It was a whole bunch of traders uh, waiting for the market to open. The market opened at 930. They're all trading equities. And I think in the first hour, he put up uh, something like 18 or 19 grand in PL and then minus whatever his commissions are uh, at the time. And it's just, he made it look so easy because there was no, he had no charts, nothing. He had like oh. a bunch of boxes, um, a bunch of boxes, and he would switch. It was all keyboard based and it was just like blasting orders everywhere. And it just looked so easy. So he was making, he made in the first hour what I would make in, you know, three months. And it just made no sense. And I'm so excited by the, by the market. So I actually went back home on Monday. I put out my notice, took two months to find a replacement for me. And then I started, I joined him and I started trading. Uh, and then I switched to futures because of 9-11, uh, the, 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 the uh, markets moving from fractions, what are called teenies back then, to digital uh, to decimals, uh, the market maker, market taker, or liquidity taker, liquidity maker rules, and the fees for that. It just became uh, untenable to continue in equities, and I switched to futures, and that's when I discovered my true love. It just seemed much more technical and much more broad, uh, and just with a lot more possibility. Um, so that's, that's basically where I started from. And I always had in mind that I don't want to be a trader. I want to be a trader who also runs, uh, owns a, a trading business. And I'll, 
I own two. And, and so I always looked at the business side and, and it's just been very, very exciting. Uh, I just love this stuff. I could talk about this stuff forever. I know exactly, exactly what you mean. Uh, in fact, not only could you talk about this forever, but for those interested, uh, if you type in Futures Trader 71 into YouTube, you will see FT's over 2,000 episodes talking about his passion. And I mean, right there, that is amazing. Over 2,000 episodes. But I got to tell you, or I got to ask. All right. So you were meditating before it was the norm then, or I wouldn't even call it the norm. I, I would call it uh, like socially acceptable. I don't know. At but, least in our business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I see a trading psychologist and, and I go, uh, I meditate daily. And when I talk to people about that, including my wife, they look at me like, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. This is not important to me. Why would I do that? And I'm like, do you, you the meditation to me allows me to just chill. Like I am a different person today than I was five years ago because I'm just chill all day. All, I mean, things don't bother me like they used to. And every once in a while, you know, that, that spark will come up, but it's, it's totally changed my entire perspective and, 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 uh, interacting with, with, uh, everyone in life. I'm a, I'm a major, major believer in meditation. So, so is this still a practice you do? And tell me more about your thoughts on it. So I learned meditation. I learned transcendental meditation. Um, the same one that a lot of famous people do, um, you know, the Beatles, Oprah, all these people, um, I learned it at the time my ex-wife was working for the organization. Uh, this was in 1999 and I was in construction and I was under a lot of stress. I was managing a portion of a $350 million project down in Puerto Rico and I just hated my life. And one of the things she said would help me uh, focus my energy uh, and be more productive is to learn to meditate. So I went and learned to meditate, learned TM, and I hated it for the first uh, month to six weeks. It just felt like a complete waste of my time to sit here, um, to sit comfortably for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon and repeat a mantra and just watch this crazy static thoughts in my head just float by. And then I had an epiphany. I had what, it's, what is called a, a transcendence or a deep meditation where I actually, for a moment, went into dipped into this silence, where you're totally aware you can hear the cars, the honking, you can hear the bird outside the window, but you're unfazed by everything. How does this relate to trading? Let's put it this way. All of the traders I backed in my prop shop had to learn to meditate. That's how it is, how important it is to trading, because trading uh, the best analogy for this that I can think of is think of a deep lake. Most people are floating on the surface. So every gust of wind, every time somebody splashes over there, every boat that goes by, it rocks your little floaty out there. You're the dinghy that we all live on in our minds, right? We're just bobbing around. Meditation allows me to go to the deep part of the lake that there could be a hurricane going on outside. And down here, it's nice and quiet. Little fishies are swimming peacefully. 
And so that's where the thought comes from, as opposed to the noise. That's where the, more importantly in trading, that's where the action comes from. So one of the things we come to realize as part of trading is poop happens all the time. Stuff is flung at you. You can choose to be a victim. You can say, oh, dear me. Oh, me, oh, my, look at what happened to me. Or you could say, that happened. I can now, from this calm, centered place, I can decide to act or just like a thought in meditation, just let it float by. The other analogy I like to use is you're, you're on a platform and a train is coming, a high-speed train is coming. I could get irritated by the fact that all this energy is coming, it's going to blow everything everywhere. Or I could just close my eyes and just let the noise go by and not be phased by it. Now imagine the edge, the psychological, emotional awareness that you have and the intense kind of punches that the market throws all the time. To have that edge, to basically say, okay, I'm taking a lot of heat in this trade, but I can objectively look at my, look at my trigger chart and say, nothing has been violated about this trade. There's no action to be taken and be absolutely comfortable with that as opposed to the monkey in our head flinging poop everywhere. Like, alert, alert, you got to run, you got to fight, you got to run, you got to fight. This, it doesn't mean it never happens as a meditator. I've been meditating for a long time, but I feel a lot more in control and I can, whatever happens in life, I'm always thinking, okay, what that happened. Now, what's, what do I want the outcome to be and act from a very strong position? I think meditation is life altering. It did change my character, my personality entirely. Uh, I believe meditation is life altering. I believe meditation is a natural thing for humans to do. Uh, if you've ever stared out the window into nothingness or stared at a flame uh, at a fireplace and had nothingness go through your mind and it felt like a short nap, you just meditated. Or if you really enjoy doing something so much that you just lose time doing it, that's a meditation. Uh, and I, I, just don't, I just don't see how you can perform it. I mean, Ray Dalio is a transcendental meditator and is a huge advocate of it. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a gimmick. It's not, not at all. It, this has given me such pleasure in this conversation because there is so much to trading besides just numbers on a screen, right? And, you know, I'm so glad you brought up the losing time in the moment because um, I'm a huge, huge nerd and I have a 3D printer that's actually going right now. And um, I can actually just sit and watch it lay down the plastic layer by layer, just going, going, going. And um, I was talking about this uh, to my wife and she's like, so instead of like spending time with your family or me or whatever, you're just staring at filament being melted. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's kind of like a caveman looking at fire or <laughs> staring at an aquarium or something. It There's, the 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 transcendentalness i guess you could say where you're just lost to the world and you're just there and yeah i i know exactly what you're talking about the thing to tell your wife is yes but when it's done 
creating whatever and I'm done watching it, I'm really happy. And then I'm a, I'm, I'm present with you at that point at much yeah. higher quality yeah, than absolutely. I would have been before I watched the film and get melted into whatever you're creating. Yeah, you know? man. Uh, <laughs> all right, FT, this is, this has been really good. So, so what are your plans going forward? I mean, you've, you've got your, you've, you've, you've accomplished some of your, your dreams, right? Having, uh, the trading career and then the entrepreneurial aspect of your trading career. What's, what's the future for you? Uh, so there's, there's a, a pivot that's going to happen in convergent trading. Um, my ultimate goal, the thing I enjoyed the most is working with traders directly. Having a prop shop was fantastic. I mean, so much so that I rented out the theater just for my group in the premiere of the matrix, you know, to go oh, cool. watch, to go watch it. It's just having that bond is just the community and the bond is so important. The biggest thing for me in my life is impact. You know, you can make and lose money. I've done that many, many times. Uh, but the impact we leave behind is what really is lasting in, in my mind. And so we're making a pivot towards um, really pushing for prop trading, backing traders, uh, taking traders to a level that uh, that is, is hard to attain uh, these days. It's hard to get a backed or prop type job anymore. Uh, that's on the convergent side. Um, we're releasing a, a course there, a core course. Uh, on the brokerage side, there's just way more that going on there than, uh, than uh, I can talk about currently. But uh, just I have a fantastic team at EdgeClear and they are I hate when businesses say we're family because you don't fire your family, you don't terminate, your, but it's having that group of very uh, dedicated and energized um, uh, members and having them build and succeed and learn. That's just a passion for me. I, I love seeing people get impacted by something that I'm creating with them. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on. Other than that, I just had a baby, uh, a newborn three weeks ago. What? So I, I got to tell you, like born in nine in 71 and you got a baby in 22. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing the math I, here. I it know. sounds like it's going to be tough. <laughs> I know. It, so she's consuming a whole lot. And I have a three and a half year old who's just an amazing. So th there's just a lot going on. It's a, it's, it's Chris, it's exhausting being me right now <laughs> but i am i am in gratitude and i'm fortunate um, well that was I'm, weird. okay i'm very Sorry. fortunate and i'm in gratitude of everything that that has come my way good and good and bad i i tell you this has been such a wonderful conversation and you know the thing that you mentioned leaving your legacy I talk about that almost every day inside of uh my trading group i call it the 10 minute trading room and it's like we're we what you're doing, what I'm doing, what trading education educators out there are doing was we are creating ripple effects, wealth ripple effects throughout the world. And, you know, if that means that someone can pay for their child's education, if that means that uh, somebody can help out um, and achieve dreams and help others achieve dreams that they never would have been able to because of the efforts and experience and uh, passion that we have that we get to share with others. It's an amazing opportunity that, I mean, our grandparents could have never have dreamed of anything like this. It's accessible much more today than it was back then. 
but um, I would do you one better. Okay. And that is to say that were there, you, you know, there's these silly statistics out there or 90% of people who try to trade fail, blah, 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 but there's no substantiation. And also if there is substantiation, it's very vague. Is it 90% of accounts opened at TD Ameritrade close at a loss or are at a loss? That that's not a that's not a measure of success if the person is just gambling. Like, who are these people? But somebody who is really focused and is approaching trading as a business with a plan, with an edge, uh, I doubt that these failure rates that high. But in either case, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 17. There is nothing that bluntly teaches you about yourself, in my opinion, like a high-performance endeavor, be that an individual high-performance endeavor, not being part of a team, but being an individual player, like a golfer, tennis, poker player, and trading, which gives you the numbers right away. So regardless, if you come into trading and you just give up because you ran out of money, out of time, your family's putting pressure on you or whatever, life's putting pressure on you, I can assure you that you have learned something about yourself that many will have gone through several lifetimes and not recognized about themselves. Trading has that effect. At the end of the day, you have just learned where that boundary is, what you're capable of, and you have learned to fail elegantly. Uh, so you're always going to take, in my opinion, you're always going to take some positive thing away from trying to trade or being a trader. It's a very difficult thing to master. Uh, and you have to really know and understand yourself and your limitations to be able to get to the point where you're proficient at it. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Well said. Well, FT, this has been a real pleasure. I, I, I'm so excited to uh, have you be the first podcast of the year because this is, this is awesome. Thank you. Where can people learn more about you, about your companies and uh, interact with you on, uh, I mean, YouTube seems like a great place to start. <laughs> Futures Trader 71 over there. Yeah, the YouTube videos I do at 9 a.m. Eastern are just a daily routine. It's me doing for the public, for every for anyone that's willing to tune in, uh, what I would what I was doing for my prop group. It's a pre-open huddle. We look at the important pieces, what the big trades are potentially for the day, uh, on 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 the most popular product out there, the S and P minis. Uh, but the best best place to reach me is on twitter.com forward slash futures trader 71. And from there, ask questions. Uh, I can point you to help. I can point you to what's best. Uh, that's the best place to catch me. You know, I was just over there a few minutes ago and I was reading through your pinned tweet and uh, right at the top of FT's Twitter feed, it says traders, the holy grail of trading and the best advice I can give you about trading futures is below. And I was like, well, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so yeah, that is a great place to start. FT, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to, to meet and chat with you. And I'd love to do this again in the future. I, I think you and I have a lot of similarities and um, synergies that we could definitely explore going forward. This has been an absolute pleasure for me. And, and I hope that I can you know, share your incredible knowledge out there to as many people as possible. That's awesome to hear. And thanks so much for having me out. You are so welcome. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. I'll see you on the next episode. 
Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? I have three special free gifts for you over at 10minutestocktrader.com. That's the Triple Stock Profits ebook you can get for free. That's a bullish power cheat sheet that you can get for free. And if that wasn't enough, at the brand new web class, how to easily discover proven backtested 100% plus winners, that is for free as well. You can get these three free gifts, all yours at 10minutestocktrader.com. The Triple Stock Profits ebook, the free web class, and the bullish power cheat sheet. And all you gotta do is go to 10minutestocktrader.com. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode.